0: She comes in the kitchen and I show her what's happening with the dolls. And so she sees it and she looks at it and I said, Do you know what that is? And she's like, Well, I mean, it kind of looks like a bathing suit, but not, but you know, like a a bathing suit doesn't have a garter belt, right? Like, (laughs) and stockings that is appearing on this doll. And so I explained to her, This is what this is. This is what they use when you know there's strippers blah blah blah. Well this was when I realized I had I had reached her threshold of um learning opportunities. She took the doll out of my hand. She threw it across the room. She screamed at me in tears saying, "I'm so tired of my childhood being wrecked." <laughs> and goes and storms off into her bedroom, slams the door, and I'm like, "Okay. I just crossed the line. I just crossed
1: the line. Hello and welcome to the Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. We have an awesome interview for you today with Asha Morin. She is the president of The Red Cord, an Oklahoma based nonprofit that fights human trafficking. She is a proud and feisty mama bear and certainly someone that I consider to be outspoken. Asha, how are
0: you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me.
1: You are the first fantastic that I've gotten out of a guest. Really? Really? So this better be a really good interview. Uh
0: Uh-oh, pressure's on now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, it stinks. We don't, you know, people move away um, and you always, in your mind, you want to keep up better than you actually do in reality. So we've probably spoken like once or twice in the last year since we've last seen each other. Uh, how have you been? How have you been doing? What's going I'm, on in your
0: world? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh survived 2020. So far, surviving 2021, as far as I can tell. Um, nothing. Either that ceases- or
1: we're we're all dead. This is like <clears throat> purgatory.
0: Right, right, which would be bad, which would be bad. Um, <clears throat> you know, nothing ceases to amaze me or surprise me anymore. So um, but yeah, family's good, life is good. I, I could complain, but I'll choose not to, um, because really, you know, there's not a whole lot to, to really complain for. So, so feeling quite blessed, honestly, even, even here in windy Oklahoma, that, that, that has not stopped since you've left. So.
1: Can I tell you how much I miss Oklahoma? Really? Do I don't.
0: You? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma. It was, you know, so interesting I I went there for a two-year assignment in the Army. I stayed for six years, uh, which is a story all in itself. Right. But, you know, I mean, God, it gets so hot there in the summer that the wind feels like a freaking blow dryer.
0: Yeah. That's the only time you're happy to have wind is when it's, yeah, that 100 degrees and you're like, oh, that wind at least helps a little bit. But yeah. It's- yeah. 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 And
1: it's like the the winter events. My first winter there was I moved there October twenty thirteen. And that like January was an ice storm. And yep. I know there's like snow apocalypse now, but yes. guys power was out for like days. There was ice all <laughs> over everything, power lines, trees. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Liza and I, we get there. Um, we're like you know, pulling in or pulling out of the driveway, the garage door goes open and a tumbleweed literally blows across the car, like across the driveway. <laughs> and we're like, Wow, <laughs> right. this is this is happening.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Snow apocalypse this year was uh that was crazy. Like that took everyone by surprise for sure. I mean, I grew up in Colorado, lived in Montana, and so I'm used to snow, but like, no, we're not prepared for this here. Like in Colorado, Montana, like we're built to survive that. No, not down here. No. Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this and you're wondering what is there to do in Oklahoma, consider this. My wife and I moved there with no kids and we left with three. <laughs> so <laughs> not much, not much going on. Uh, so I say that, um, but you and your organization are crazy busy, no shortage of work, um, and I know it's super ironic for you to be telling me what you guys do, but the listeners have no idea. I am. I didn't tell you this. Uh, I am rocking, of course, my trainer shirt that everyone makes fun of me. Uh, Cindy and Eliza make fun of me for wearing my red cord shirts.
0: That's hilarious. That's hilarious.
1: What is the Red Cord? What do you guys do?
0: So the Red Cord, uh, like you said, is a local nonprofit here in Southwest Oklahoma. And we bring education and awareness about human trafficking to our communities, to our police, to our uh, fire department, to our schools, basically to anyone and everyone in our community, uh, explaining what human trafficking is, um, myth-busting human trafficking, which we did a lot of in 2020. Uh, And giving them the tools and the education to not only identify what human trafficking looks like right here in our own backyard, but also how to report it, but also how to not continue to contribute to it. Um, And I'm sure some of your listeners are like, wow, contribute to it. Like, who would contribute to it? But... um, I think what a lot of society doesn't understand is how many fingers, how many tentacles go out from human trafficking, right? It's not, it's not in a vacuum. It's not black and white. Um, you know, as simple as watching porn contributes to human trafficking, our over-sexualized culture, um, the things we watch, the things we read, the things, the music we listen to some way, shape or form can contribute to, to human trafficking. So really it's just getting people to understand uh, the connection to all of that, um, especially with our kids and our youth, now that just about every child across the nation is online more now than ever. Thank you, COVID-19, um, has made our job even harder. So that that's a nutshell of it, I guess.
1: <clears throat> now it sounds like you're saying something radical it sounds like you're saying that culture actually contributes to whether things are good or bad or going well or are freaking dumpster fire like 2020 (laughs)
0: yeah yeah pretty much um i just i think we still 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 hear every day You know, like human trafficking doesn't happen here. Otherwise, we'd hear about all these kids getting kidnapped. And I'm like, you know, if it was kids getting kidnapped, that would make our job a lot easier, right? Like we would just have to look for the creepy guy with the white van and the trench coat and the puppy dog, like the stranger danger a lot of us grew up knowing and recognizing. Um, If it was that easy, like, trust me, that's where, where every red cord person would be, would be standing, you know, on the playground watching for the creepy guy. Um, but the new playgrounds the internet, unfortunately, as I'm sure we're all aware of now more than ever. But the lack of education, we're so behind the eight ball on on educating our youth and our parents on how easy it is to groom a child online. Uh, how easy it is for our kids to be exposed to pornography, whether they're looking for it or not. Like the average age of being exposed to pornography right now is age eight it's like the average age, right? So for mathematicians out there, that means there's younger kids than eight being exposed to pornography. Um, And parents, parents more and more, we get, we, you know, weekly, we talk to parents who are just like, Oh my gosh, how do I, I didn't know. And I I didn't think my kid would do this or um, I caught them at this. And how do I respond or ABC, you know, it just, it goes on and on. So Uh, A lot of days a red cord feels like we're just barely treading water and we're questioning, are we making a difference? And then you get that one text or email or instant message from a parent who says, Hey, we sat in on your training and my daughter just came to me telling me that there's an older gentleman approaching her online. And she came to me because we knew, we knew what to do. And so that keeps us motivated for sure. Um, So we just keep plugging along and trying to dispel the myths and educate appropriately. So people understand, no, it's happening potentially next door to everyone. You know, I mean, I know that sounds like doom and gloom, but it's with everybody being online. Now that's, that's the potential.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, you said (laughs) um, you, you mentioned porn and that kind of ties in strangely well uh, to the topic Uh, And the point of this show is, you know, there are a lot of taboo topics and there used to be a time where you would need to be in the closet about a lot of things. Um, Obviously homosexuals were, you know, in the closet isn't hiding their, their views, their lifestyle and whatnot. For a number of years, you know, for decades um, all throughout history, but that's not so much the case anymore. Um, Porn used to be a thing that people were in the closet about. And um, now no one is really put off no one is shocked when you know it's revealed that person X Y or Z watches porn or them and their wife or their boyfriend and girlfriend watch it together or who knows all of this crazy nut so stuff is normal now but if you don't toe the party line and if we're just kind of gonna call a spade a spade the party line is uh, liberalism um then you're definitely in the closet. If you're conservative, if you deign to actually be labeled Republican, uh, you're pretty much in the closet. Um, at least that's the case where I live. What's what's your take on that? In in America, if you were to take a stab, right. do you think conservatives are in the closet?
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. Why or why not? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. In the closet, meaning they're not going to church and being like, hey, did you watch Pornhub last night? Did you catch this and that? Like, that's not happening, guaranteed. Um, I think with our youth, it's definitely more open. Um, in fact, it's normalized, right? Like, like you said, it's just flat and normalized. But when you come to conservative adults, conservative even maybe some college students, um, it's definitely still in the closet. I mean, just statistically, 60% of our pastors are addicted to porn, right? Like that's the new statistic. So the fact that the pastor that you see on Sundays in person or online, however you're doing church these days, has a pretty good chance of being addicted to porn. But I'll ask you this. How much do we talk about porn in church? Other than, other than <laughs> when you and I show up with porn love, you know, porn love shirt, like <laughs> then we're forced. Right. But, but nobody's talking about it in church. Right. Even though it's, it's one of the, the, you know, the bigger sins out there, if you can label a sin, I guess, but it, no, we're not talking about it because it is it porn watching porn for, I think for conservatives, um, it builds shame. It builds maybe some fear, um, And we're not, as a culture, we're not willing to expose that. That's being super vulnerable, Um, and we're not we're not willing to throw ourselves under the bus on that. And unless it's a husband wife, you know, watching together, but they're still not going to share that with their husband wife friends in Sunday school. Oh, I just don't Lord. see that happening,
1: right? <laughs> you know what's funny is I was actually meaning like in the closet, like we, you know, no one's wearing a Republican hat, no one's draping their blue line flag or anything. But it's interesting that you're you're right on your take. You're the first person to answer the question this way, by the way. Um, but yeah, we're in the closet of it. Typically, conservatives are uh, big in morality, big into you right. know these these values. But that is another area that we're in the closet. We, we're we this glass house situation. We're like, oh, everything's got to look pristine. And yeah. I can't let anyone know that this or that, uh, which contributes to a lot of stuff. It contributes to the suicide and depression rates. You know, it's nuts, especially you mentioned pastors. Pastor suicide rate is very high. And it's because we're in the closet about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, we, have, and, we have this
0: image, right? An image to keep up because we're Christians, and yeah, it's uh, ridiculous, it's exhausting. <laughs> <honestly>. <laughs> uh, if, I think if we'd be more open about it, if we were willing to share our sins with each other and in a safe place, and know that we're not going to get ostracized or what have you, and not just with porn, but like other things we don't want to talk about, like women, we don't necessarily want to talk about our miscarriage. We don't want to talk about the fact, you know, that our marriage is crappy. Um, We don't want to talk about, God forbid, that our kids are misbehaving, right? Like, and I guess even though I'm a conservative, I go against the grain on that. Like, if something is going bad in my life, not that I'm going to go and brag about it, but if I have the opportunity to share with another mom of like, hey, I heard you, like, I understand you had a miscarriage. I've had two as well. Let's talk about this. Because guess what? When I had my two miscarriages... Other than my mom and my husband, no one else, everyone was like, oh, sorry to hear that. Like, yeah, we're not talking about it, you know? Um, so there's still, there's still a lot of things that just don't get talked about because for whatever reason, they build the shame in us. And and it's sad because I think we could do a lot more mental health, <laughs> you know, better with mental health if we did talk about it, if we did share more of those deep, dark closet um, issues,
1: man, you are absolutely right. We, I, I was just on a live stream last night where uh, I said, you know, I, I guess online anyway, because we've been telling people, um, but we're pregnant with our fourth, and it's it's really early, and some people might even be like, oh man, it's so early. Like, why would you tell people this? So many things could go wrong, and blah blah blah. And yeah, that's true. But here's the thing: like, we have. Seeded so much ground and we've played really stupid and dangerous games the reason that people that culture shifted to not talk about pregnancy in the first trimester where it's really kind of dicey and whatnot all of that hey you should keep the secret private closet type of issue all of that paved the way for abortion
0: oh it's like
1: this is no this is something we talk about because one if something does happen, I, I think we're seven weeks long. If something does happen, then the people in our lives are gonna hear about it. It's like it changes to now you're getting two sets of you know, news events. You're getting, hey, we were pregnant and actually we had a miscarriage both at the same time. Right. You know, who's who can be praying for this child? And we believe it's a child, you know, it, it's a life, right. it's not yep. a zygote or a fetus or whatever, it's a baby. If we don't talk about it.
0: And it's Mm -hmm. not, you're
1: absolutely right. It used to be no one talked about miscarriages. No one talked about problems getting pregnant or anything like that because culture, and I'm saying that in quotes, says, hey, you know, kind of keep that to yourself. And it it devalues it. Like pregnancy Mm -hmm. is great. Obama thinks that it's punishment because he's an (laughs) idiot, but pregnancy (laughs) is great. You know, we... I I think we were maybe four or five, basically the week that we found out, we started uh, telling our family about it, you know, that, that's the change that needs to happen.
0: No, totally. Yeah. With, when we miscarried the first time, um, unfortunately we found out basically that it wasn't a viable pregnancy when we had our first ultrasound and all four of our other kids were in the room with us. And so, so let me back up. We have a blended family. Um, my husband and I are 22 years apart. He's he's senior to me, um, and so he has two kids. I have two kids, and then we were trying for our own together. And so his two kids at the time were, gosh, I think they were maybe a freshman in college or so. My two were like, oh gosh, like fifth grade and seventh grade or something like that um and so all of us are in in the room and we're doing ultrasound and there's no heartbeat and of course the, the ultrasound tech and the doctor are trying to play it off like oh maybe we're off on your weeks you know maybe maybe you're not as far along as we thought and I'm like in the back of my head like yeah no, I know, I know And so as much as that sucked, and as much as we all walked out of there with our heads down, knowing that this is probably not a viable pregnancy, it opened up a discussion for our family, especially for at the time, my daughter, Hannah, who was the youngest, who was super excited, right? Thinking like, yeah, I'm not the only one. I'm going to have a little sister, a little brother to take care of. She was devastated. And it opened up that discussion of, mom, why would God let you guys like get pregnant and then take it away? not an easy discussion not an easy discussion with a fourth fourth grade little girl right whose heart is broken but on the other side we i am still so glad we had it because now she's 20 years old and she understands it and so now when she's exposed to maybe you know somebody else that maybe is going to have a miscarriage she can relate even though she's not experienced one she understands right she understands she watched the pain that we all went through um i'm not sorry you know it sucked but i'm not sorry that um that we were able to expose our kids to that at that age to be able to work through it as a family instead of oh mom's just in the bedroom she's gonna be sick for a few days hush hush how's that yeah. help the next generation
1: it it doesn't it's so stupid what society's doing as adults Not kids. We're doing something that kids do. We're doing this security blanket. You know, oh, if I pull this blanket over my eyes, then the bad thing goes away. Yeah. Obviously that's dumb. You know, when you have these tough conversations with your kids, um, they're prepared. And uh, especially on the trafficking front, something that we both do on the regular basis. It's not like, Hey, if we don't talk to our kids about sex, then maybe sex will stop happening. Now, everyone (laughs) listening, you know, that that's obviously stupid, right? You know, and instead you can have a prepared child and a child who, you know, society is trying to tell you to raise a stupid, non-critical thinking child. Yep. And if you do it right, and I think that I think that Chuck and Asha are doing it right, I heard you and I've often heard you um, tell a story, you know, stories about your daughter who is like, this girl's unbelievable, like the stuff that she says. Uh, and like, this is a girl that can show up as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old to a board meeting with adults and say, <laughs> what you guys are doing is dumb. You need to do this. <laughs> Like, right. uh, not not child labor don't anyone go shut down the red cord right, right, right. <laughs> but you you're describing this time where she kind of is angry and describing to you that she's frustrated that yeah. society is trying to steal her childhood with this ridiculous doll situation uh, with the with the yeah. lingerie on the dolls But here's the thing. She recognized the assault. She recognized the tactics and the lies because you guys don't have a security blanket. So it's like, she's going to be fine. She's actually better off. You Mm -hmm. moms and dads out there that are like, hey, if I don't talk to my kids about drugs, then drugs won't happen. Stupid. If I don't talk to my kids about sex, about trafficking, about prostitution, about issue X, Y, or Z, then it won't happen. Mm -hmm. It's freaking insane. So you're not yeah. a security blanket, mom.
0: No. Can you tell and- us
1: about that? What, how does that <laughs> I, can, how
0: do, I can. How does so, that play so, out? So, so the blessing from from the miscarriage story was, yeah, we had, we miscarried a second time. I said, okay, third time we miscarry, like three strikes, I'm out, right? Well, we were blessed. Third man, third third pregnancy um, was viable, and we have beautiful Grace Elizabeth, who is 11 years old, going on, you know, 28. Um, <laughs> And so she's a fifth grader and she knows way more about trafficking and pimps and porn than probably any of her peers. And so sometimes it scares me what's going to come out of her mouth when she's at school. But so so the issue you was, you know,
1: what she doesn't fall for. <laughs> yes, she's prepared for it. yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for your listeners, there's there's these little plastic go- dolls called LOL dolls. And Grace is more on the, on the tomboy side of, of life. Um, You know, we, we hike, we hunt, we, we, yeah, we don't girly girl her too much. Um, And so she doesn't really play with these dolls, but the neighbor kids had given her, you know, they're outside playing here, take some LOL dolls. She's like, whatever. She never really played with them. Well, I had seen on some social media platform that if you put these LOL dolls in ice cold water, um, lingerie appears on the plastic doll. And I was like, no way, no way. So, um, when she got home from school, I said, Hey, do you still have those LOL dolls? She's like, yeah. And I said, can I, can I see them for a minute? She's like, okay. So I get them, I take off all their little plastic clothes. I, I get a, a cup of ice water. I throw the dolls in there and sure enough, within five seconds, is popping up on these dolls. And I was like, son of a Mm, Yeah. And so I was like, okay, in my mind, learning opportunity, right? (laughs) Hey, Grace, come here. (laughs) So she comes in the kitchen and I show her what's happening with the dolls. And so she sees it and she looks at it and I said, do you know what that is? And she's like, well, I mean, it kind of looks like a bathing suit, but not, but you know, like, a bathing suit doesn't have a garter belt, right? Like, (laughs) and stockings that is appearing on this doll. And so I explained to her, this is what this is. This is what they use when, you know, they're strippers, blah, blah, blah. Well, this was when I realized I had, I had reached her threshold of, um, learning opportunities. She took the doll out of my hand, She threw it across the room. She screamed at me in tears saying, (laughs) I'm so tired of my childhood being wrecked (laughs) and goes and storms off into her bedroom, slams the door. And I'm like, okay, I just crossed the line. I just crossed, crossed the line. And so I went in her room and she's crying and she's mad at me, but like not mad at me, you know, kind of thing. And I I apologized and I said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that your childhood is is basically being wrecked by our over-sexualized world. And she calmed down and then we were able to have the discussion of, it sucks that you know this, it sucks that you have to know this, but let's think about how many friends of yours, including the friends down the street, who had no idea that this was happening to these dolls... And if they had figured it out, were they going to have a parent or another friend next to them to explain to them why it's not okay? You you now get to have that responsibility. Again, sorry, not sorry. And I said, Grace, unfortunately in your life, you are going to come across people that you are friends with, whether it's next year in middle school, whether it's in college, that no one has explained to them right from wrong when it comes to our over over sexualized world issues, and you're going to be able to breathe that light and that that life into someone saying, "Hey, that's not okay. That's the work of Satan, right there." And so she came around and she was like, "Okay, yay me, great," <laughs> you know. But she understood it, you know. And and we talk a lot about being the light in the world because. Like you said, I feel like the dumpster fire is is not going out anytime soon. And it's gonna take our next generation to can to even consider start putting it out. And the only way we do that is by educating our kids what the difference is between light and dark. Because it's it's getting blurry. It's getting blurry in this world. At least that's my feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I just Yes, you need to constantly be gauging the the child or your children, but we just can't ignore this stuff. We can't yeah. say, you know, I, I'm glad that mm-hmm. this happened. Oh, my phone just... I thought I put this on. Hold on here. Uh-huh. It is. This is nuts. My phone's on Do Not Disturb, but... Uh, one contact just got through. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to kind of brush up against the limit, yeah. but that's good. You know, uh, Robert Smith, love Robert Smith, <laughs> yeah. pastor of Spring Church. Uh, and he also has Robert Smith Ministries. Everyone check that out online. But he says, you know, parents, we have to have these conversations, but we also, you need to be the coolest person in the room, not freaking out. Right? Asha didn't freak out, collect all the dolls, throw them in the trash. That's what a lot of mama bears would have done mm-hmm. or collect all of the tablets or collect all of this. You, you can not do that. It's going to happen when you're, when you're speaking to children and you know, I have a six year old boy, so I, I know about these uncomfortable conversations you have to say hey you know not the left version of a safe place but an actual safe place you have to say right. hey yeah. you're not in any trouble but if this happens if this happens if this happens you know call me call mom mm-hmm. you get yeah. an adult um you know my my children all know what guns are and my kids are my kids are 2 4 and 6 right now about to be 2 5 and 6 they know what guns are and what they can do, which means they know about death. We raise our kids in the Word. You don't get out of you don't get five chapters in the Genesis before someone gets killed by right. their own brother. <laughs> and you know what? It's not our job to distill this stuff for our kids. Now, yeah, when when you're teaching your kid about porn, you don't say, "Hey, Johnny, this is what porn is," and pull it up right. online. Right. But. You know, and one of the things that Robert says in his talk is it's not if, it's when. That's the same thing that you just said. This is going to happen. Miscarriage is going to happen. Friends that have abortions are going to happen. All of my children are going to be somewhere in someone's house playing with friends, and someone is going to bring up uh, pictures of naked people doing something debaucherous, okay? Happened to me when I was a kid with playing cards. That's the... (laughs) Yeah. The, the first pornography I ever saw was someone's parents went to Vegas while they were there. They got playing cards with naked women on them for their child, give the cards to their child, uh, who ends up showing them to me. And oh. you know why? You know, we hit on this in our trainings. You remember the first time you saw pornography, not yes. because it was this great blessing, but because it was trauma. Yeah. You remember the detail, you remember what you were wearing, where you were, all of that stuff. It's not because, let's be honest, most people don't remember a lot of good things that happen to them in detail. You remember what sucked. Mm -hmm. Uh, You remember things that are traumatic, which is, you know, foot stomp, porn is bad for you, (laughs) people, your brain knows this is bad. Something just got introduced into the system that's not good. Um, Which is
0: confusing to kids because porn hits the dopamine mm -hmm, receptor, right? It mm -hmm. hits that happy high, like at a thousand, like a thousand percent, but kids are confused. They're like, wait, I know whether you're raised Christian or not, like, I don't care. The second you see that, you know, like, Ooh, that's maybe I shouldn't be looking at that. But the other side of our brain's like, ooh, but we like it. And so we should keep looking at it. And then you throw in curiosity that kids have. And then you throw in the fact that their frontal lobe isn't even formed to make the, the best decisions in life, right? It's then no wonder why we've got 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds who are addicted to porn. Their parents have no clue and who will have erectile dysfunction by the time they're in college.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> or- Oh, yeah, right which leads to violence which leads to all kinds of stuff and yeah, people violence, you're suicide, saying
0: yeah
1: people watching people watching people listening rather you watch porn you do you do you know you do and you're thinking to yourself it's not an addiction okay well you're gonna start sounding like an addict pretty soon because the next question is well could you stop could you stop for a day could you stop for right. a week could you stop for a month and you're going to start having addict talk immediately sure i can stop but i don't want to i don't need to prove that
0: right, right. or or bring but it to the next level really... can you can you think about your husband and wife when you're when you're making love when you're having sex are you in the moment or are you thinking about what you watched on the screen talk about disconnection of intimacy
1: Man, I remember. I forget what the movie is called. It's it's uh, one of the like slapstick comedy movies, like Hangover type, or you know, some dad bros movie, whatever. Right. Um, but oh, maybe it was Forty Year Old Virgin. Um, oh, but they're talking about the highlight reel. Yeah, men and women now, because you know, college campus studies are showing that sixty yep. percent of female yep. students are addicted to porn as well. So people, just what Asha said, people are, when you're having these intimate times, people are playing highlight reels of stuff that they saw on a screen. Are you kidding? Can I say when my wife is in front of me, I can't think about anything else that I've seen somewhere <laughs> or right. some screen time bullcrap. Like, right. are you kidding? You don't recognize that that's a problem. Right. Right. Man. Nope.
0: Nope. <sighs> Well, and, and I guess the, the connection here, because a lot of people don't understand, like, okay, so watching porn, just because I watch porn, like, how is that connected to trafficking? Like, you're crazy. Like, I get that all the time, right? Okay, so if you're watching porn, and if you've been watching, say you were exposed at 11, 12, nobody intervened and shine the light on that topic. You're addicted to it. You 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 somehow muddle your way through middle school, high school, somehow, you know, figure out how to get that far in life, still being addicted to porn. And now you're in college and you don't know how to interact with a girl face to face because all you've been watching is on the screen. That's all, you know, basically. And maybe you finally do get a girlfriend and what you want to do with her. She's like, oh, uh, hell no, I'm not doing that sex Are you insane. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And so he's like, well, why not? That's normal because that's what I've been watching for the last 15 years. What do you mean you're not like, going to let me tie you up and you hang you upside that? down? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> who are you? You prude, right? <laughs> now, if you've got the girl who's addicted to porn as well, then maybe, maybe you've lucked out. I don't know. But <laughs> She's like, likely, hey,
1: you want to take me back to your place and hang me I, upside down? Okay,
0: <laughs> <like, laughs> right. And she's like, yes, I watched that last night myself. I'm down. No, probably not. Probably not. And so and so they're going to go through that rejection, right? Men getting rejected of like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that with you. And so he's going to feel down and low about himself. And so he figures, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to go get a prostitute because then I can do whatever I want with her because she's just a commodity. And guess what? the majority of what we consider prostitutes are actually human trafficking victims. But the guy who's out there thinking, Oh, I'm just buying a prostitute for the night so I can get off on my fantasies that I've been watching online for the last 15 years. No, she's a trafficking victim because majority of women don't grow up thinking I want to be a prostitute when I grow up. They don't. And so that's how you play into being part of the problem. That's how that's connected. Um, for me, it's black just because I talk about it all the time, but a lot of people don't see the connection. Now, with that said, not everyone who watches porn is going to become addicted or is going to go out and, and buy a prostitute. Yes, you you can watch porn and not go out uh, and what, purchase that. What
1: a dangerous game! Right? You know, rolling but those dice. Yeah,
0: and then and then you and then you see the the classic. 35 year old white guy that has a family, you know, two kids and a wife who just got busted on child pornography or buying a child for sex. How do we get to that Mm -hmm. level? Right. And and the majority of the guys that I've I've seen interviewed after they get busted for that, they literally say, I don't know how I got here. How, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how I got here to buying a 13 year old. Well, it's like that Casting Crown song. It's a slow fade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, so that that brings us to the uh, the last two questions of the interview. Um, if you have time, if you have time to take it behind the paywall, then great. Um, if not, then we'll just do these last two. And speaking of paywall, I, I'm the worst like self-promoter because I always forget to say my crap. Um, so uh, thing number one, if you like the show or if you didn't like the show, like it anyway. So like, share, subscribe, all of that stuff. Uh, the big thing for podcasts, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, is to rate and review. Um, so five-star ratings only, love them. If you're going to do a one through even a four, four and a half-star rating, leave a comment, tell me why, um, how do I go from three to four, four to five, etc.? Um, If you want to get behind the paywall and listen to the, the par- portions of the interview that are not available to the public, then you got to go to my Locals community. If you don't have Locals, then you're just messing up because social media and the Internet's a terrible place. If you want the Internet done right... You got to go to Locals.com. My community there is thejoemobleyshow.locals.com. You can see a couple of things for free, but you can engage with me and get the the behind-the-scenes content uh, over there. Now back to me. So, yeah, all things sex and prostitution. We've both been in the most awkward situations telling people about their you know the truth of their porn habits the truth of their addictions um you know the reality about smuggling versus kidnapping versus trafficking you know that traffickers are targeting children not just teens and and young men young women but like kids we've been you know raising this flag and having these really awkward conversations. And guess what? We survived. Everything's okay. There's life after uncomfortable conversation. So this whole, the culture war, the us versus them, left versus right, whatever. It's another one of those areas where people believe a bunch of lies. They believe all conservatives are racist and Nazis. And, you know, the whole thing doesn't make sense. We've got like, gay black or gay Jewish or trans Hispanic conservatives. Like none of those people are white nationalists or anything. Right. So the problem is everyone's in the closet. No one is saying, oh, hey, you know, that's not true. Or, hey, you know, I, I voted for Trump and I- I'm i not a Klan member. How do we get people to cowboy up and say something?
0: Well, I think it goes back to personal responsibility. Like even so not to keep hammering on the porn issue, but whenever we bring up oh, we pornography, can
1: keep hammering on that.
0: I know, I know <laughs> it's, my, it's my soapbox, but whenever we bring up like a taboo in the closet discussion, pornography, I mean, abortion isn't so much anymore cause it's so controversial, but, but your view on it could be, you know, like if you're conservative pro-life, you may not want to scream that out loud or put the flag out in your front yard about it. Um, It's because we're challenging social responsibility and personal responsibility, right? Like don't, I don't, know? I don't want to have to talk about my, like, I don't want to talk to my, my kid about porn because I'm addicted myself and I don't want to have to admit that to them. So I'm not going to be socially responsible because it's my own problem. And so I'm just going to, you know, hope society figures out how to teach my kid about that. Like that's the most dangerous thing we can do right now to our kids is let society teach them about anything. Um, So it comes back to social, like your, your own personal responsibility, like man up woman up, like <laughs> stop allowing the darkness to creep in and, and allowing Satan to tell us, no, it's bad to talk about abortion. Don't talk about that. You know, don't talk about that. Keep that in the dark. It's bad to talk about miscarriage you know don't talk to your kids about porn you know you have a problem yourself you know that that negative self-talk that that satan is is the master of um we allow it way more than we'd like to admit way more
1: yep yeah it's, it's not getting better if we don't talk about it
0: right and he wants us to keep it in the dark right? That's his whole point. As long as we can keep it in the dark or bring it out in the light and make it normal, which is what's happening with porn and our over-sexualized, you know, it's like, it's like, I saw that, that meme the other day, you know, when they canceled Dr. Seuss, it's like, you know, we, as society, we've gotten to another level when we have banned Dr. Seuss because somehow he's racist, but yet WAP is the number one song of the year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's completely okay.
0: Right. Totally. I and mean, there are parents why not
1: here that don't even know what the freaking acronym means. And meanwhile, your kids are out here, you know, listening to it in their headphones at your dinner table. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, and freaking here's the thing. I'm not, shaming, I'm not shaming parents. Parenting next to marriage is the hardest job in the entire world. Like, had we only known, right? If, had anyone ever brought that into light before we had kids? Like, hey, if you're going to have kids, this is what it's really like. This is really what you're signing up for. It's a hard, hard job. And it gets harder every day thanks to society. But if you have kids, we've already signed up. So we got to buck up. We got to buck up because their, <laughs> their, future, their future and the future of this nation are literally depending on our fourth, fifth, and sixth graders right now.
1: Yep. So, well, you heard it here first. Buck up. I feel like there were some other words that probably, <laughs> you know, crossed through the brain there. Ash is doing a lot of self censoring, as we all do when we're being <laughs> recorded, uh, <laughs> uh, which is great for me because you know it it saves some time on the the bleep uh, going back. right. right i I like my bleep though it's it's a record skip it's one of those (laughs) guys but uh (laughs) anyway so the last question it's always the same here on the joe mobley show which is another thing i'm supposed to say that more but you know whatever my show i guess i could make the rules and not say all the things but besides prescriptive religious texts thinking you know, pick your religion, the the book of that religion, because everyone would pick that book. If you could get everyone in the world to read and understand one book, what would you pick and why? As my chair creaks, oh. what's going
0: on? Other chair? other than other than the Bible is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, because mm. everyone would, you know, Muslims would pick the Quran, Christians would pick okay, the Bible. Okay,
0: okay, okay. I got one because I just finished it.
1: Is it the um, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's hard. Cause I like, there's so many books I have read and there's so many, I still want to read that are literally sitting here staring at me every day as though I have time to read them all. Um, but the gift of fear, the gift of fear, I just finished. It's an old book actually came out. Um, well, I say old, it came out the same year. My son was born 1997. Um, but it's so good. every woman, every woman, every and, and for men too, but it's really more designed for women um, about about intuition. And like one of the perfect examples that I, I'm using in our trainings now when I'm talking to young women is you know animals, animals know when there's danger, right? like leopard sees its, its enemy, and it says danger, and it runs the other way. We are the only species that looks danger in the eye and says, all right, I'll get on the elevator with you, right? So <laughs> you're standing there. You're standing there. Elevator door <gasps> opens, and there's a guy standing inside, and automatically, and women will know what I'm talking about. You see him, and you go, ooh, something's off. Like, mm, nope. There's something off. He's creepy. Within a matter of like 2.2 milliseconds, we know, right? Our spirit tells us. That's called intuition. But what do we do? We get on the elevator in a soundproof, steel and caged, small, small area with someone that we feel 100% uncomfortable with. Why? Because society tells us, don't be that bitch. Don't be that girl. (laughs) Don't be, you know, be nice. Don't don't crush his ego. Don't stand there and let the doors close and make him think, oh, why didn't she want to, you know, come in here with me? So we step on. We step into that elevator. Because because society tells us to. Right. And he shares numerous stories throughout that book of how because this woman ignored that intuition, she was raped. She was almost killed she was kidnapped. I mean, there's just story after story. And I think just about every woman can relate to it. And you're like, Oh yeah, I put myself in those positions because I didn't want to be that girl. Right. I'm all so, about being that girl now. Like, yeah, <laughs> open I, those elevator doors. I'll challenge you. Um, fantastic book about giving the power back to us as women of saying like, yeah, I'm saying no to your face and you're just going to have to be okay with that. And I don't care about your ego.
1: Because it could save my life. I haven't ever heard of this book, uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm building a list of all the book recommendations, <laughs> and I recommend this book as well because it's by Gavin De Becker, who yes. runs a company called um, uh, GDB Associate and Associates, um, yep. and. I actually considered heavily employment with them when I was leaving the army. They're intense security professionals. They're patriots. They're really good guys and gals. You know, we're we're thinking like secret service level protection for, for yourself.
0: Well, and that's what he did. That's what he used to do. mm -hmm. He was like the, like, when the president would have assassination threats or the, the justice, you know, Supreme Court justice would get, you know, threats or whatever, like he came in to assess that threat and, and figure out how bad it was and if it was bad enough, how to keep them safe. Like, he's the top of the top.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they do yeah. away teamwork where they go overseas, you know, weeks and months in advance to kind of put their finger on the environment and see what's going on before dignitary goes. But you nailed it i haven't read the book but so many things it's not life is not like the hollywood script where there's the creepy music all you get is that that instinct that little feeling and and i'll tell you when i hear the bump in the night or when my wife and i are in the basement and you know kids are asleep um you know we hear that weird sound or whatever and something just doesn't feel right I'm not just like, oh, I'm going to go see what's going on. I'm going up there with a rifle, a big one, right. you know, with with lots of bullets, because that weird, that feeling is yeah. all that you get. Yeah. And, you know, John Lovell and his wife, they kind of preach the same gospel here on, on personal safety. Um, John Lovell is a former ranger and he owns a company called the Warrior Poet Society, Um, but his wife talks to other women and it's like, Hey, you know what? You got to be rude. You got to say, I'm not getting on the elevator with this creepy looking guy. And too bad. So sad. If I hurt your feelings, I'm going home to my kids and my, my family. Um, yeah.
0: Well, like, like you have said, and now I've gotten to the point, I don't care about your feelings anymore. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right. Success. You know you have arrived when you're like, "I don't care yes. about your feelings. and maybe it's the Ben Shapiro too much that I've been listening to. No one cares about your feelings, but like
1: what what she's referencing. I've said this in rooms <laughs> full of cops, lawyers, judges, um, teachers, <laughs> Pastors, parents, school kids. I've said this to school kids. I don't give an F about your feelings. Yeah. I care about you and your safety. Yep. So let's get uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, Asha, I'm so proud of you. Right
0: i have arrived to the joe mobley level thank you very much
1: (laughs) because you actually care about the person not their feelings
0: right because if you're dead your feelings don't matter anyway
1: (laughs) oh man
0: and if you get trafficked your feelings are going to be getting hurt way more than i'm hurting them right here right now so oh yeah yeah man
1: all, I say all roads lead to porn or trafficking. Right. And, uh, <laughs> that That's the same road, people. All right. Well, Asha president of the Red Cord Anti-Human Trafficking Organization in Southwest Oklahoma. Check out their website. It is theredcord.org. If I'm not mistaken, I should know this. But
0: yes, <laughs> yes, you're correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so check them out on Facebook and wherever uh, else they are online. Asha, thanks so much for the interview. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. Uh, so check out the show, like, rate, subscribe, do all the things. Also get on Amazon. If you can find a real bookstore, then great, but get on Amazon, check out The Gift of Fear, and we will catch you in the next one. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.